Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the fall of 2010, a single kinder travels to the Twin Cities of Minnesota to answer the call of an elder of his clan. Join us as Marco Giovanni is pulled by family loyalty into a strange territory in which he is forced to strengthen his family's influence, yet at the same time avoid destroying himself with his own dark desires. Hello, and welcome to Twin Cities by Night Eidolon. Twin Cities by Night Eidolon is a Vampire the Masquerade duet story with Adam playing Marco Giovanni and Chris as the storyteller. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, where you can find up-to-date news and a link to our Discord. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So you're sitting in this room on the table, and it's almost eerily quiet. What's going on in your head right now? I'm sitting up on the table, and I'm thinking to myself, kind of, I'm just thinking, what just happened? And I'm also thinking, did I just scream? And I feel like this panic kind of set over me, because if I remember right, I did just scream out during all of that. It seems like this weird blur to me now, but I think I just called out. And I'm starting to just kind of get up and move very hastily. I'm zipping the bags up. I'm throwing all of the ritual objects and devices into a into a closet very carelessly. I'm just throwing in the the bags of of dirt that I brought over from Boston into the into the closet and I'm just kind of like chucking it all in there and zipping this duffel bag of religious items shut and throwing it underneath the table. And then I quickly exit the room and I knock on Jamie's door and the knock is a little bit hurried. I look over at my watch to see what time it is. It's like 5 a.m. right now. So you have about like an hour and the door opens after like two knocks and she's looking at you. She hasn't gone to sleep yet. And you see, she's just kind of staring at you intently, almost like she is reflecting back the panic that you're feeling right now. And she's just looking up at you. She's like, what? I step inside. I shut the door behind me and I kind of begin pacing around her kitchen for a second. Marco, what's wrong? The two things we have in room number nine. I need to get rid of them tonight. Okay. I could could do that, but you have to go lay down. You have to go hide. I understand, Jamie. Look, I just need to make sure you're going to take care of this for me. You'll get rid of it? Yes, I will. Don't worry. I'll I'll make sure they're taken care of. Look, tomorrow, I'm going to need your help with something. Uh, I don't want to trouble you with it right now, but... What is Come it? Come find me first thing. Yeah, what is it you need help with? And it's like Marco's almost embarrassed to say it. He's very low in Vite right now. Yeah. And he's going to need to find somebody to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like to kind of talk about like what it is. Yeah. Because it makes him feel weak and it makes him feel vulnerable, like vulnerable and like he depends on you know, he likes to feel this kind of like invincibility, but his life force is fading and he needs to take some of that back from another human being. Does it upset you that she's like not taking your like okay. Give and me I'm a... just like Jamie, please. He looks she looks at you. Well, what's your blood pool at right now? Four. I'm going to have you roll a self-control roll, please. Difficulty, we'll say three since, but she is kind of te- push, you know, pre- in with the sun coming out soon. One success. One success. Okay. So there's a moment where you feel the intensity 
come up and it's obvious and you see she takes a step back for a second like in her hands on the door you know the the doorknob on her side and she nods her head she's like okay i'll get with you tomorrow and you see there's a little fear in her face right now so i can kind of sense that i scared her in a way yeah you got through to her definitely (laughs) yeah so he feels really bad that he kind of just like he's he'll see her take a step back and he'll kind of take a step forward and he'll be like jamie and then he'll kind of realize what he's done and he'll just kind of like shamefully turn around and just uh, exit out the door and go to his apartment. You go into your apartment and open the door and I take it you're heading towards the tub. Yeah, he's kind of just like crashing into the tub right now. And he's still wearing the clothing he was wearing during the nighttime, this kind of like casual suit jacket over a white shirt and he he crashes into the tub and he almost just like pulls this, this suit jacket tight closed over himself, almost like using it as a blanket and kind of just like putting himself into a fetal position. And right before you lose consciousness, you hear a slight buzzing in your ear. Your eyes snap open, blow blood pool point. You're down to three now. Your eyes snap open. So what are you doing? I open my eyes. I kind of crawl out of the tub i pull myself up to my feet and i'm still just wearing these wrinkled they're fine clothes but right now they look very wrinkled they look very worn and slept in and i just kind of open the bathroom door and i lumber out of the bathroom and i go and i stand over the balcony and i'm just looking out into the night and i just feel this hunger and this weakness and I'm just feeling this cold breeze hit my face and I'm just holding on to the railing of this balcony. And I look out at the stars for a second and then I just close my eyes and I'm just kind of like praying to myself that this is all going to work out. Are you feeling like you're losing control of everything? Absolutely. I feel like everything is kind of falling apart around me. I feel like this is turning out to be a somewhat of a failure Um, In the sense that I'm not able to do what I've been asked to accomplish, I've seen a little bit more than I've wanted to see. I've seen a little bit more than I think I was ready to see. I don't think this is my level of comfortability with, with this type of art. And I feel like I've just been shown a little bit too much at once, and it's a little bit hard for me to handle. And he's just like trying to muster his strength, kind of trying to kind of like talk himself down. And say that it's still, it's not, it's not beyond hope. This can still be made right. And when you come to that conclusion in your head, you hear a knocking on the door. And you hear from the other side, like, it's Jamie, can I come in? And uh, I open the door. I like undo the uh, deadbolt lock. And I just open the door completely wide for Jamie to step in. I turn my back to her and I just begin walking into the room. And you see she's wearing dark slacks today and she has like a gray sweater over it but the slacks are almost like capris a little bit like they kind of go up to the middle of her calves you see that she has her hair uh just kind of like gently like combed to the sides and down brushed she is wearing these dark black kind of like like almost like low cut moxkin type boots that go with this outfit that have like a little bit of heel on them and she has her binder in her hand like before and you can almost get the 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 impression actually give me a perception and empathy roll please difficulty six i know you don't have empathy i don't think but we'll go ahead and see if you can pick this up three successes 
you're getting, it reminds you of times in life. There's different times in your life where you've come across this, but where someone basically realizes that you're going through a hard time and you can tell that they want to be the person who motivates you to, to like, to pull yourself up, to get yourself going. And you could tell that she's doing that right now. And it almost like irritates you a little bit at first because it's almost like this condescending, like, oh, I'm going to come in here. You know, you're in this wrinkled suit. You look like kind of a hot mess right now. You just awoke. Your hair is like a little bit messed up right now. And she just is looking at you crisp and clean like she's ready to go. And she says in her clear, educated voice, not a hint of that redneck West Virginia accent that comes out when she's worked up like you. And she says sharply, you need to speak to me. He's like beginning to undress and put on a new set of clothing. It's probably just another kind of like fine Italian suit that's already ironed out and it's like on hangers and stuff, just ready to be put on. And he's just kind of undressing and redressing, just not looking at her at all. And he's just like, first of all, Jamie, I want to thank you for the great help and loyalty you've shown me thus far. Yes, that's my job and I appreciate it. Thank you. I need to go out into town tonight. And like, he's, he's almost just like, he feels so weak at this point that he's ready to just like lay it out on the table. He's ready to just say like what it really is. Like there's no point hiding from it. Do you want to run, roll a willpower roll to see if you got the strength to. He's just going to say, I have to go out into town tonight. I got to find a man and we got to bring him back here. And we're going to have to start this all over again. And like, he's probably kind of, he's like referring to just, he needs to feed and like, it's always this big mess when he has to do this and it sucks. And he tries to, he tries to use what he has conservatively because he doesn't want to get to this point where it's this emergency and he needs to kind of fix himself, set himself right again. It's very careless that he let things slide to this point. And right now he's going to have to brutalize somebody to try to fix this problem. And he's just saying it. I need to find somebody. We're going to bring him back here. Do you need Simple my help? As that. Do you need my help? I'm going to need your assistance. Indeed, then. Whenever you're ready, I'll meet you down in the, car, in the SUV. And like, as she exits the room and stuff, and he's just kind of buttoning up this white suit shirt, looking at himself in the mirror, he just feels this disgust with himself. Why? Because he just feels, it's like, it's never an easy go of it for him. He's going to have to drag somebody kicking and screaming. And this is going to be this horrible thing. And it's like, it always is. And Jamie's always okay. You know, she's, and, and for a moment he's thinking about how she's the, like, he's like, you know, she really deserves to be brought over, but then he's like, but then I wouldn't be able to use her as much as I use her now. But part of him is like, he feels so vulnerable and stuff that he's like, I would give her this power. If it was up to me, if it was just solely my choice, I would make her my equal. I feel like she's more capable than me in a sense ah. as an assistant. Yeah. And I'm just, I just hate when I have to, or when that just becomes so glaringly obvious. Like she just basically came in and, you know, saw me looking like a mess. And it's very clear that she's the one helping me right now. And yep. I don't like that. But at the <laughs> same time, I love her for what she does for me. Oh, is that awkward, like, relationship that you two have, for sure. So are you going to drive going downtown? Or are you going to have her drive? I'm going to have her drive. 
And as we're driving into the city, my head is just kind of like leaning on the glass window of the passenger seat. And I just have this very almost like sad, sad expression, sad demeanor about myself. She's like, as you're driving, like she leaves the parking lot and you guys are on the highway and there's no music playing right now. And she's just looking forward and she, you could tell she does the quick glance at you and back at the road. And she's like, are you ready to talk about what the conversation was like between you and Roman before it escalated? Yeah, yeah, we could talk about that. So what did you have to say? What What's going on? What were you able to find out? And I almost kind of crack a chuckle as I look at her because it, all, it seems so ridiculous now. I just went over. It all happened before we even really got talking. He just did something that rubbed me the wrong way, and I felt like I had no control. And then I just woke up, and I thought he was screaming, but he was me screaming. You could tell, like, she keeps looking at the road and that she's like, so nothing was said about the current circumstances in the city? Nothing? You you didn't gleam any information? Or are you more thinking about what happened than any information you found out? Marco, if you, and you see she's kind of like looks out her side of the window and looks back straight and she's like, Say it, Jamie. If you want control, you you need to get as much information as you can here. I can tell you're feeling helpless right now. And I know you don't like that, but that's because you're in a new city and you're in a new place. What 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 did he tell you about what's going on with him? Why did you have to talk to him in the first place? Out of character, do I know how familiar Jamie is with the family structure and maybe with Rita in general? She's familiar with it. She knows Rita is obviously an important vampire because you got summoned, you know, and she had to like coordinate all the all that going on. She's definitely familiar with the family structure. I would almost say like to the extent that, that a lot more like people who are given the proxy kiss seeing that she's a Milner and she is kind of like groomed, you know, for this family existence in a way. So I would say she's pretty familiar with it. And I would probably say that Marco is like a lot more candid with her than maybe other people in this type of relationship would be with each other. Like She's like so many different roles for him. Like sometimes she's a therapist. Sometimes she's like an assistant. Sometimes she's like almost like a girlfriend. And then sometimes it's like, it's like different hats for like different things. So like there's certain times where he just will lay more cards out on the table than probably anybody in his position actually should. But he'll just kind of like, he puts his elbow on the center armrest and then he puts his his chin kind of like on top of his fist and he's just leaning in kind of close to Jamie thinking for a second. Roman is important to Rita. I was over there basically just to ask him what's going on because I don't know, I guess he's involved in some kind of disappearance of one of the others in this city. And, you know, I literally just went over there to, to ask him to, kind of break bread and introduce myself. It's like, I don't even remember what we talked about. We hardly even got that far. You know, it was kind of just him being upset, acting like I was accusing him of something. What were you? And then it was over. What did he think you were accusing him of though? That's the thing, Jamie. It's. Did he give you any indication of what is going on in the city? Out of character. I don't know if you remember, but he did. He kind of said he was like trying to be framed. You know what I mean? For killing a Toreador. But yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like tell her like, you know, okay, what, yeah, you don't which have to tell plan. Me. I would just yeah. say like he's he's allegedly involved in the disappearance of one of the others in this city. Do you think he did it? Well, I certainly wasn't convinced once I started talking to him that he was that he was innocent. There's there's a lot of layers to this. Jamie, you see, it doesn't matter whether he's innocent or not. What matters is protecting the family. What matters is protecting Rita. I get that. The thing is, why would she have you talk to him instead of her handling it herself? Jamie, 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 there's so much you don't understand about these well, things. Well, I, I understand that. I, I get it. But you have to think about, imagine how it would look to an outsider. She sends someone from out of the city to come and talk to him. What do you think the perception she's trying to have people get from this? Marco's like almost frustrated right now. He's just like, what are you saying, Jamie? Just, just, just spill it out. What are you trying to say? What is, what is it that you think I should do? And he's like kind of raising his voice a little bit. Do you bit. want to roll a self-control roll? <laughs> I don't think he would need okay. to roll. Because I don't think he would ever like hurt This is just her, a heated know? debate. Like a yeah. Heated, okay. I'm not saying that you should do anything. What I'm saying is, listen, she chose for whatever reason for you to go talk to him. And she had to know that there was a risk that came with that. Especially if you're going to go talk to him about something that he's accused of. Especially with, you know, and she's just kind of like, doesn't know how to say it, with issues. And, and and tension. The thing is, is she doing this so she looks like that she's handling this? What does she expect of you? And then here's another thing, Marco. This is a door for you to gain influence here, to make connections. You feel helpless now. And she stops. You realize she closed her eyes and she knows to avoid saying that to you. You know what I mean? You feel out of your element. But if you want to feel in your element here, you got to build a foundation. And you have to think, she called you here for a reason. If she called you here to talk to him, that means that you now in her mind are over him and she's telling the world that you are over him. He's been her number two for how long now? For a lot longer than either you or I have been on this earth. I cut her off and I'm just like, after it happened, his house was full of children. What? And she's just like, you see a moment, she just kind of looks at you like, it was so, you know, it was so random, you know, like, like children, like you found children in there? They were the... Figures of children, long gone. Their eyes were black. Jamie, they looked at me. And there's just a moment where she just, you could you can tell she feels uncomfortable. And she just look, looks ahead. Jamie, what do I do? Who do I turn to? You have to turn to yourself, Marco. And she's saying that. And you have to turn to me. She looks at you. You, you know why I think we bond so well? Why? It's because we both have to, we both have had to survive cutthroat environments i'm a white trash bastard child of a of a man of influence who because of him and the attention i drew i was able to go to college do you think it was easy for me going from the trailer to going to a university a prestigious university and then to try to make my way like i have now no but i've only relied on me and until you came in my life i rely on you too now as i know you rely on me but you have to rely on yourself and if you need to, if you have to survive all of this and rely on yourself, you have to build that influence. How do you think someone like him, if 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 what I think that the, the the children you talk about, if God forbid that that is symbolizes what I think it is, and with the rumors I've heard, how do you think he's been around for so long? Because he's cultivated influence, Marco. So now you know that there's people who aren't happy with him, and word's going to travel. I'm sure if he survives last night. It's going to take a while for him to recover from that. Maybe you made some friends without even realizing it. 
You say there's others like you, and I know that you've mentioned and I've heard mentioned of politics outside of the family. Isn't that why she called you here? To help the clan? You're thinking about yourself now. Yes, you have to help yourself, but if you go and help the clan, you too will be helping yourself. Of course you feel scared. You're in a strange place. All With all this stuff happening in the first couple days, it's normal. Anyone would feel that way. Marco, if I can be blunt, I think you may be feeling a little sorry for yourself right now. I think you need a feed, and I think once you feed, you will feel better. Let's have it be done then. I will reward you tonight. You've surely earned it. And you see she nods. And you notice with her, she never acts over eager when you reward her. You know what I mean? It's almost like this. And you could tell it's like this. She's like you. She wants to be in control of her emotions. She wants to be in control of her appearance and the way that she's perceived. Yeah, and Marco would find it so ugly if she had act if she acted that way about it. And that's like the thing is like he's into it a very certain way and she accommodates that. She doesn't seem too overly eager for this for this reward that he provides her for this service. She always just acts controlled about it and he that's like kind of uh, one of the foundations of their relationship. So how are you planning to feed? What are you planning to get this person at? He doesn't really know. It's it's very awkward for him. He thinks back to when he was a young man trying to find himself, not really, didn't really have like a normal identity, couldn't really like date girls and stuff, kind of found an outlet in this sort of sexual subculture that existed. And he kept that private, you know, he was into the BSDM kind of lifestyle. And that was like a secret that he he held within. And he never really found like full satisfaction in that. It's just to him, that was the closest thing to, I guess, like what he was looking for. So that's kind of like what he settled into. And he was able to find other people that were sort of like deviant in that regard, uh, both men and women. And he kind of just thinks back to just that like awkwardness, that feeling of just unsure of himself. He doesn't have the confidence to put himself out there and to just be that that like animal in charge, you know. But right now he feels helpless and he feels like he needs to make a stand. And even though he had planned to bring somebody back to the apartment, he's feeling the urge to do something a little bit more brash, a little bit more bold, something a little bit more daring, something that a predator would do, something that a man of action, somebody who takes charge would do. And he's just going to try to find a target on the street and uh, they'll begin trailing him with the car a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's going to just pick his mark and then they're just going to try to circle in on him, I guess. So where would you like to try to look for him, this person at? Like in a downtown, in a ring and down area, in a suburban area? Like what, what kind of area are you looking? I told Jamie, let's go to a poor area. I'd like to go somewhere where somebody would not be missed. So I'm going to have you give me a perception roll, please. Difficulty five. That is for the feeding roll. And because you're looking in a poor area, that's difficulty five. One sec, I rolled wrong. Three successes. All right. So she gets off an exit. And you see when she's getting off the exit, like you can see in front of you, like these trees, like these thick, like pine trees that are right off the exit, right? That the exit goes through, but behind them off in the horizon, you see these four towers that look like, like old, like apartment 
complexes, like tall ones. And you see she gets off of there and she looks at you and while well, she's slowing down off the exit and she's like, this is a rougher part of the Twin Cities here. This is the northern area here. Matter of fact, that there was a riot that occurred here about a couple weeks ago that, that from my understanding, took a couple days to quell down. So I think this would be a good spot. And as she's saying that, you're kind of like driving slowly off the exit, not you. She's driving slowly off the exit and she gets onto this street and she's just kind of slowly going down it. And it's about like eight at night right now. And you see, as you're looking out your windows, you see that there's like groups of African-Americans that are kind of like, like kind of like hanging out in front of a convenience store, but you see puffs of air, like, you know, that they're just probably just like sitting there before they get into a car or whatever. And you start driving eventually pass like these businesses like gun shops and pawn shops and laundry mats and like rent to own furniture and gas stations that are all like with these decrepit signs like these old like plastic signs that are like turning yellowish you know with the weather and you see eventually you go off into these streets of old homes that look like they're like like you know homes like one or two bedroom homes that are older maybe built in the 40s or the 50s and you can kind of see like there's like these chain link fences that are in in the yards there they're not like they're 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 the kind that are like waist high chain link fences that have like a little gate you open up if you want to walk up into them and you see there's not a lot of people on these in these front yards or on these porches that have like rust that paint that seems to be peeling off or yards you know you occasionally see one that has a yard that's well taken care of and that's like painted well but most of them are ran down it's like that last hope that last like little person who's living there wants to take pride in their neighborhood who's like really takes pride in that one home and you see a couple of those as you go by and eventually though you start seeing that there's this man who's walking down one of the blocks and he looks like he's maybe like 30 to 40 years old and as you first see him you see he has like these like adidas track pants on like the button up ones on the side that can be buttoned up and he has like these dirty white shoes and he has like this like it looks like it's a winter jacket obviously but it has like the the adidas pants are black and the winter jacket's like a blue like a kind of like a sky blue and it it looks like it's from like a a, the timberwolves basketball team from minnesota but it looks kind of older doesn't it looks like maybe like 10 years ago would have been nice now this isn't a homeless guy but you can kind of definitely tell this is someone who's walking down the street who maybe lives in this neighborhood but he doesn't look like he's full of that youth the machismo that like people you know in their 20s have this looks like a man who maybe has a job you don't know might be an ex-con you have no idea but you definitely like look at him for a second and you almost intently realize that you're like staring out your window as you're driving by slowly what are you doing my plan is actually i just want to wait till he seems alone enough where I can just like get out of the car. I'm going to beat him down, throw him into the car. And then Jamie's going to basically drive while I maul this man in the back seat. Oh boy. Okay. So a couple questions. Um, do you have potence? No, you don't. Okay. Oh, wow. This is going to get dark. Okay. So yeah, three, what's your strength? Two. Two. Okay. So logistically, <laughs> logistically, it's going to be hard for you to get out. Just like, wah, wah, wah. you know, it's going to take some, you could very well, he could potentially fight back unless you blow blood two of your three blood points and to give you a strength four, but that leads you to one and things might get real messy in the fucking. Car. I think actually what I might try to do is we're going to like, try to pull up, uh, we're going to drive past him and maybe like 
we're going to park the car in like a street that he's about to walk down or something. I'm going to already be outside of the car. I'm a very like straight laced looking person right now. I'm wearing a suit. I have high appearance dots. Uh, I, I look like a like a, a handsome, rich guy, basically. Yeah. And uh, basically, I'm going to just see if I can stop him and try to get him to talk to me. And I'm going to try to cheap shot him and basically just like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to be like looking for something. And you got to dominate, too, just so you know. Also, that yeah. Was, uh, but yeah. the thing is, like, I feel like I can't do anything like that without risking losing myself. Uh, uh, and I'm already risking losing myself by just this, this act alone is very hard for me. So you see that he is walking, crossing the street of a four-way, like four-way street, right? And when he crosses it, you see he starts turning towards this alley that's going between this house and what looks like is a school, like a, like a brick, like old school there. So there's like a house on the corner, you know, and he's like cut, making a shortcut to go somewhere. Now, Jamie looks at you and she's like, I can let you out here or we can go cut him off at the end of that alley there. If you want to, if you insist on doing it, let me out right here. And so she just stops at like the alley and eventually like you hear the car kind of slow down and you get out of the vehicle and you shut the door and you see the figure in the alley stops. He's about like 10 feet in the alley. And he like turns and he see like you can't really make out his face too well because like the shadows of the school are kind of like going over his face a little bit, but you see him just kind of like looking towards you. I start kicking the tires and I, I'm acting like I'm checking something and I'm like swearing to myself. I'm like, son of a bitch. It's fucking oh shit. And I'm acting like I basically just got stuck in this bad neighborhood kind of. And I'm gonna wait for him to walk by. Are you, and I'm gonna you, start to try to engage him. Now are you okay? So he's walking in the opposite direction. Now you now if you want him to like turn and go towards you, I can let you roll like a, a manipulation and subterfuge difficulty six. Okay, let me try that. Two. So there's a moment where like you're really putting on like, oh, I'm lost, you know, like what's going on here? And you just like hear when you're when you're facing like the tire and you're kicking it, you hear this crunching and you could hear the footsteps coming behind you. And you just hear this, yo, what's going on over there? You all right? Ah, buddy. Look, could I use your phone for a second? I just broke down over here. This is not really my kind of neighborhood. And you see like he's like three feet, four feet away from you. You can see him fully in the light. And he looks like he has like this, like like his beard is like really like cut short. Like he uses clippers to cut it short. And you can kind of just see him look at you for a second. You see his teeth are like a little yellowing. Like like he hasn't been brushing his teeth that often, but he's not homeless. And he just is like he's like he's he's like confused for a second. You see just the situation. He's like, don't you got your own phone? Battery's dead. Look, man, I'll give you give you a couple bucks or something. I'm like fishing around my pocket. I'm all just right, trying to look like right. I'm like for ten real. Bucks? You know? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Look, 10 bucks. I promise I won't use all your minutes. All right. And I'm kind of just trying to look yeah. like a little bit cocky at this point. And he's like, yeah, sure. $10. And he like takes out his phone. It's like a flip phone. And he just like walks up to you and he like kind of like hands it to you. He's like, where's the money? Let me see the money. And I'll take the money out. And as I go to hand it to him, I kind of drop it on the, ah, oh, shit. And I drop it like right in front of him. And he just like rolls his eyes and he goes like bends down to like pick it up. As he goes to pick it up, I grab him by the collar of his shirt and I try to slam his head into the uh, side of the car. All right. So I'm going to let you get a surprise off this. So I'm going to get a dexterity and dexterity and brawl, please. Sorry. What was the difficulty? Dex and brawl. Difficulty six. And uh, I would like to use a willpower as well. Go ahead and mark it off. What does that leave your willpower at currently? One. Okay. Zero successes, but I I did spend the willpower. Yeah, so you did spend one willpower. So I'm going to have you roll your strength for uh, damage. It's because you only got one success, you know what I mean? So your strength for damage. 
Now I'll let you spend blood on your strength if you want to. It's your call beforehand. Is damage just like a difficulty six roll? Yeah, difficulty okay. six. Yeah. Two. So you slam his head against the the side of the SUV, and he just like you can see like like he like he's donk, and he's like what the fuck, and he like you see he's going to like try to grapple you. So there, no, oh, hold on a second, rewind. So he goes and turns towards you. And he's like what the fuck, and there's a moment where like you're facing him, all of a sudden you just. You just see, like, hear the thud. You see his eyes roll back in his head, and he, like, like kind of, like, falls on you a little bit, and you see Jamie is behind him, holding, like, she pistol whip him in the back of the head. And she just looks at you intently, and she just is, like, get him in the back, and she just, like, goes and back around to the side of the door, you know, the driver's side of the door. Yeah, and, like, two movers were basically just putting him in in this very calculated way. Like, she opens the door, and then we both pick up a side each, and we kind of just throw him into the car. And then we both get in and, uh, you know, her car door shuts and I sit in my passenger door shuts and we just pull out. If you enjoyed Eidolon, I highly recommend checking out Juarez on Fire. It's another of our Vampire the Masquerade games set in 1942 following the Pale Riders. Like Eidolon, Juarez on Fire highlights another faction of Vampire the Masquerade, showing the complex relationships and requirements needed to be a part of the Sabbat.